Today is a special Sunday. It's what we call Story Sunday, and Story Sunday has a long tradition at Living Waters. It's a Sunday that we set aside to learn about one another's stories, the point being that we are pointing to God through them. Uh, it's an opportunity to hear from one another, to get to know one another better, and to, this is an old phrase, but to really bear witness to who God is and who we're learning that we are in light of God. We've been in this series in the Psalms, and so this Story Sunday connects to the Psalms. Psalm 139 verses 1 and 2 simply says, O Lord, you have examined my heart and know everything about me. You know when I sit down or stand up. You know my thoughts even when I'm far away. So as we read in their Psalms, there's something about the fact that God knows everything about us, knows our, our innermost parts. Later on in the Psalm, it says that he knit us together in our mother's womb. And so Story Sunday and sharing our stories in general, it isn't so much about telling God something that, that God doesn't know. It's, it's about speaking the truth out so we can hear it ourselves and that others can hear it as well. And that's a really important process. It's a big part of what it is to be a community, to share openly with one another. We do that in life groups and in various other networks, and we do that on a Sunday like this as well. So we're so glad that you've joined us for Story Sunday. We have two stories that we're gonna hear from today, and then we're gonna hear uh, from Dave a little bit later on in the service as well. We're gonna hear from Michelle, and we're gonna hear from Greg, and later on in the service, Kirsten is gonna be sharing about a really exciting art installation that you're invited to participate in. So it's a great time that we have together, and we're gonna begin with our first story. Let's hear now from Michelle. My name is Michelle, and I am married to Ricky, who works here and does the music. And I nanny. I've been doing that the last few years. I hang out with lots of little kids, which is super fun. And I'm actually back in school this year to become a teacher and hopefully teach some of the little, little kids. I love the honesty of the Psalms. I love that David is a real person. Um, he messed up many times and yet he still seeks God so earnestly. Um, yeah, it's, it's a comfort to see that level of honesty and authenticity in the Bible. Um, especially I think in my life when there have been darker times, reading, you know, Psalms like, darkness is my only friend. You're like, yes, I resonate with that. It's okay that I'm in pain. That's something that's allowed. We're, we're shown that it's allowed and that there's a, there's a great deal of comfort in that. You know, it's not been an easy couple of years for me. Uh, mental health-wise, a few years ago, I found out I have depression, and that was a super dark season that, for sure, I'm not in that crazy dark place anymore, but it still is a challenge. Like, there are days that I'm just low, and it's not really explainable. Um, I am tired most of the time, and that's kind of a symptom of depression, and so I, I definitely resonate with that, you know, the darkness is my only friend, the the needing, the that that my despair and my sadness is allowed, that I'm allowed to bring that to God. I also have always gained such comfort from Psalm 23. It's just, it's such a beautiful healing, comforting, soothing scripture. I think partially because I grew up learning it. So there is this nostalgia, this feeling like a child again association. And then it is just beautiful, the imagery and the, the comfort in that. 
I think Jesus has been saying, and this has been for years now, but it's okay that it's hard, you know, that I didn't, like something like depression, it can be easy for whatever reason to blame yourself for it, that I somehow made this happen. That if I hadn't have done X, Y, Z, I wouldn't be here. That I, I made myself depressed, you know, that I did something wrong, that I burnt myself out. And Jesus saying, no, 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 you didn't do this. This is just part of living in this world and with all its mess. Um, and that it's okay that it's hard and that he sees me in that. You know, on those days when it's really hard to get out of bed, that he sees me there um, and that he doesn't judge me for it, um, which is hard to accept because truthfully, a lot of days I, I judge myself for it, right? It's hard not to because that wasn't who I was, you know, five, 10 years ago. It wasn't hard for me to get out of bed, whereas now it is. Uh, but Jesus saying, hey, it's okay. I see you. I see that this is hard and that he's really proud of me. Um, that he's proud of me for getting up, for choosing joy, for choosing hope when it's really, really hard and that he sees that it's hard, uh, but that, you know, he's, he's hoping with me and he, he is hope that I can trust, trust in that. Something that has been super helpful for me uh, in conversations actually with with my therapist and different things like that is is speaking to our kid self, like finding that really tender spot because often we are so hard on our adult selves, right? Like we just get it mean. And she's like, would you say that to eight-year-old you? Like imagine eight-year-old you. And I find that tender spot, same with Jesus, of he's just like speaking to little Michelle and saying, hey, whoa, no, I don't say that to you. And I think that's been a really helpful thing for me in assessing, okay, wait, this voice, whose voice is this? Like, is God saying this thing to me of like, really, like you didn't do that or you messed up that way? No, Jesus is this tender, loving, the shepherd that's like, hey, it's okay. I've got you, let me help you. You know, the way I would speak to a young child, right? That when, you know, they tripped and they dropped a bowl and it shattered everywhere, I wouldn't yell at them. I would say, it's okay, let me help you pick it up. In Psalm 23, the surely goodness and mercy will follow me. And Ricky actually years ago shared how actually the translation would more be like chase me down, like a wild animal would chase us down. So this this image of goodness just just fighting for us, just seeking us out is such a comfort, especially in those dark times. It's like, okay, you know what? Uh, this phrase of, you know, if it's not good, then it's not the end, right? If, if the goodness has not come, it's not over yet. That that is what, you know, goodness will have the final say. And there's something so comforting knowing that, that God and His goodness is chasing me down uh, with just this ferociousness that is, is a comfort. Well, my name is Greg, and I am a father and a husband and a woodworker and a finished carpenter and a musician. And that's, that's me. Being honest with God means being honest with uh, you as a church and with my community. And, and I think for me, I think that means 
like owning my story. And um, I think my story, um, if I'm not honest with you, then you guys lose out on part of my story. I think part of my story begins with when I first came to um, Living Waters with um, about 2016. And back in 2015, we had a, um, we had a van fire that took place in our driveway, actually. We were on our way to go to uh, hike with our family and our van burnt to the ground. And for me, this was hard. I mean, this was a van that I'd imported from Germany. I'd done a lot of work to make it like a, you know, a, a reliable, you know, recreational vehicle. But there it was, it just burnt to the ground. And I can remember the fire chief um, saying to us, he said, you know, if your house had been clad with vinyl siding, this would have been a very different day. So this began like a series of almost, I'd say, traumatic events. Six months later, we gave birth to Charlotte, our fourth uh, child. And Charlotte, um, Charlotte never came home from the hospital. She lived for 60 days. And in the end, she was diagnosed with a rare disease that um, her particular strain, there was only six known in the world. And um, the oldest of those that had that particular strain lived only to 60 days. And so Charlotte lived to 60 days and she passed away a day after my birthday in June of 2016. Within the six months following uh, our, our daughter's death, um, my mom was diagnosed with Alzheimer's and my dad passed away from a long battle with cancer. And um, after that time, I went through a period in which I was estranged from my oldest sister, probably just dealing with things with my mom and my, my parents' estate was very difficult. And at the time, I think I was just, I was emotionally and mentally spent and I just, I was, I was done. I wanted to disappear. And that doesn't mean that, you know, I did not want to check out of life itself. I think what it meant for me is just, it was just a, um, a complete challenging of the way I viewed myself. I think um, various things, my job, I wanted to quit my job. I think I was questioning in myself what I brought to the table as a, as a carpenter, as a finished uh, woodworker. Um, I wanted to quit the band that I was in. I was questioning what I brought to the table as a musician. And I just thought, you know what? You guys are better without me. Um, I did not quit either of those things, and I'm grateful for that because I think that they, they've been a very good thing. I think coming through this time, this dark valley, uh, for me, it's, it's um, how has God met me? I'd say, I think for me, it's, uh, I'll give the analogy. I remember in the past, I was like, God would be like sitting in this chair. And I remember, as, as a young man, I would run by God and he would be like, Greg, come and sit down. Come and, come and, and be with me. And I would be, no, 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 God. I just got to sweep up over here. And then he'd be, and then I'd run, run by again. He's, Greg, Greg, come sit down. And I'd be like, no, 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 I've just got to do this over here. And I, I just, I think at the time I was just so engrossed in, in 
doing things for God that I, I was missing out on the whole um, act of being in His presence. And I think where I'm at in my life right now, I think it's more important to be in His presence and also to be in the roles that He's placed me in, to be a dad, to be a husband. And I know that as time goes on and as my heart heals, for sure God will place me into things that are in service to His body, in service to His believers. But for now, I know that this is, for me, it's like being in His presence, being in the roles that He's placed me in is more important than anything. So. To be um, authentically me means giving God all of me, which means all of the ways that God has made me, whether I think that the things that make me me are good or bad, they are authentically me, meaning my character, my giftings, um, even where I've come from, where I've come from and where I'm going are all what make me authentically me. And the way I picture it is like one of those little toddler balls, the little things that kids play with where you, you put the shapes in. And I used to think of myself, I'm like, I'm a unique shape. And then I would try to see how I would fit into the church. And I'm at, a lot of times I'd be like, well, no, I don't, I don't fit. I'm a different, unique person, but I don't really fit in the shape. And I think I would try to change myself in order to fit. But as, as I hear this statement by Eugene Peterson, I'm just like, you know what? This is me. This is the way I'm made. And, and Eugene Peterson goes on to say, you know, the church is at its best when it sees us who, for, for who we are and sees us who, for who we are authentically and accepts us. And it's sort of like the church sort of saying, yeah, we see that shape. It's unique for sure, but I think we have a place for you. You know, and we recognize your gifts. We recognize what God has made you authentically and we want to work with you in that. And I think that is, I think that's what he meant for sure. But that's, that's how I'm, that's how I view at least all of me, for sure. I so enjoy uh, Story Sunday. Thank you, Michelle, Greg, uh, for sharing uh, today. And thank you to our artists for sharing their work. I hope you can make it uh, sometime during the week uh, to see our art installation. Allow me to state the obvious. There is would never be a a poem, a painting, without someone having an imagination and getting that work started and completed. It's the same with life. For a Christian, as it relates to the gift and the expression of life, a Christian would say that God is their creator. God is our storyteller. The Bible says that God says, I knew you before I formed you in your mother's womb. Before you were born, I set you apart. There would never be a story, there would never be a life without an author. And, and God is going on record saying, I'm, I'm, the, I'm the author of life. So regardless of the circumstance, surrounding your conception and birth, God gave you life. God gave you your life. He formed you, 
and he set you and your story apart. The Bible says it this way, you saw me before I was born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. Your story is a gift from God, and it needs to be thought of this way. And how we handle this personal choice, this free will of ours of whether we move along with the gift that God has given to us or whether we take our gift and go a different direction, really will determine the narrative of our story. A decision for or a decision against. The Bible says it another way in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2. It's actually good advice that we would look unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, our faith story. What we see here is God going on record with a reminder and with, of course, a strong recommendation. If you look to me, your story will be a good story and it will be first and foremost, as Hebrews says, a story about faith, not all other secondary matters. It will be primarily be a story about faith and with the promise that all these other things will be added unto you. So again, with this story, uh, God says, I've got a plan. I have a purpose. I have an idea. I have so much to give you. Will you come along with me as I would seek to be the author and finisher? So he's the author, we're here, but will we allow him to be the finisher of our faith story? We've been learning these last nine weeks from the Psalms, and we've been hearing week after week of the wrestle that ordinary people living in the real world have with this idea of letting God write their story, be the author, but being the finisher of their faith story. We're hearing, we even hear it in some of the themes of our stories today that life isn't always comfortable, life always isn't convenient. We struggle with what's happening to us and around us. But here God is saying, even in the midst of it, yeah, the ups and the downs, like Luke described last week, that God is interested in not just being the giver of your life, but being the author and finisher of your faith story. It's true that in life, we find ourselves often in places and circumstances and situations that we would not choose for ourselves, but this is what the author has for us. And it's at those times, how we respond and how we react will often decide the, the, uh, the current seasons and chapters of our life. Certainly during those times of challenge, what we, the story we tell ourselves about God is enormously important. If we don't trust the author, we will often try to take our story back and try to rewrite it and reshape it and rescript it, probably for our own purposes. If we trust God, will stay the course and live a simple, submitted life to him. God goes on record again. We're learning that God really has left nothing left unsaid. We need to remind ourselves never to leave nothing unreceived from God. 
In Psalm 103, verse 7, God makes a distinction about his interactions with us. And it's said this way, that God made known his ways to Moses and his deeds to the people of Israel. There's a distinction here. And perhaps helpful as we allow the Lord to be the giver of our life, but the author and finisher of our faith story. The difference between God's ways and God's deeds. There are times when God's deeds really mystify and confuse us, especially when it affects us deeply. But what we do know here is God saying, hey, my ways, you said it all through the Old and New Testament, my ways are not your ways. So we observe his deeds, but we reconcile his actions based upon our trust in his ways. For even scripture says, my ways are not your ways, my thoughts are not your thoughts. But certainly we are left with the observation of his deeds. And certainly those deeds of his affects our story. What's the difference between God's ways and God's deeds and knowing them and trusting both? We know that God is always on time, but he allows divine delays. We are told to pray without ceasing, but God does not talk all the time. And that's hard when we're trying to hear from him and understand his deeds. God is often quietest on the biggest decisions we want to make. For when God is quiet, though, our true colors, if you would, our faith gets tested and how we're doing in our faith journey becomes very obvious. But let me just say this, perhaps when God is quiet, perhaps it just means that there's nothing needing to be said at that time. Perhaps all is well and we can trust God when there's a silent and still God that we often have a hard time with. Number three, God doesn't cause, but does allow problems and challenges. And of course, this, this is so true. Why? Because our message often comes from our mess, and our testimony often comes from our test. Luke called them the ups and downs of life last week. And finally, to move forward with God, we need to trust his ways and learn to appreciate his deeds. So take a long view with that. If we don't trust God, God's deeds are often going to frustrate us. Oh, how we need to trust his ways. Friends, peace in our story is not found in the absence of problems or testing. Peace is always found in a trusted relationship with the author and the giver of your life. So are you experiencing God's peace in the midst of your story today? What are the, the big highlights of your story these days? What, what is happening in your faith journey? I, I think perhaps Story Sunday always brings to surface this question. God knows your name. God knows your need. God knows you intimately and personally. He has his best for you. How is that promise unfolding in your life? I've heard a lot of people speak recently about feeling apathetic and agitated and frustrated I was so blessed uh, by meeting with someone for coffee this week, just around the corner in Fort Langley here. And I heard him say, my big idea right now in my story is that I would follow the leading and direction of the Holy Spirit. Wow, what a, what a good theme 
for allowing the author and finisher of our faith to unfold and lead us along. Friends, wherever you're at in your story right now, wherever you're at in your faith journey, Hebrews does say our faith journey begins and continues as we look unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. I'm not sure where you're at in your faith journey today. Perhaps you've never accepted perhaps that Jesus truly is Lord and Savior and wants to be that for you. I'd encourage you today to make that decision. You can trust Jesus with your past, with your present, and all as that relates to your future. Perhaps you feel distant from the Lord today. Perhaps you feel like you're wandering away. I want to encourage you to stop and turn around and look to Jesus today because he's looking at you. And it's not as far back to Jesus as you may think because he's reaching out to you today. What would stop you? What would ever stop you uh, from returning to Jesus today? God cares about your story, friend. God has his best in his mind and in his heart and in his hand for you today. Let's leave nothing left unreceived. How do we receive from the Lord? We open up our mouths and we confess them. Let's leave nothing left unsaid today. Perhaps it'll be appropriate for all of us to say as we uh, conclude our service, dear Lord Jesus, I ask that you would come into my heart, that you would come into my life. I ask you to forgive me of the ways in which I have turned away from you. I come back to you today. I open up my heart to you and I accept you as my Lord and Savior. I pray that you would fill me with your Holy Spirit and that you would not just be the giver of my life, but you would be the author and the finisher of my faith journey on earth and for all eternity.